Now, again, if you want to get further details on that, you can go uh, to, uh, again, our um, website and get further details uh, from there. Now, we have this shocking story coming the way that I'm going to... Uh, look, at it's, it's, it's a shocking story because animals are involved, and I absolutely hate when animals have been in any way um, hurt and I really mean that in the in the, in the best possible way. Uh, but Madra Dog Rescue have been involved in dog rescue in Ireland uh, in 2023. Would break the strongest person into pieces where tears and anger become part of your daily life. We're so sorry to have to say that the littlest girl didn't survive. The vet thinks she was blocked up internally, possibly with stones. And that's why they were eating. That's what they were eating to survive as they were left dumped on a pier. We have no words anymore. The needless cycle. Let me do this and this and I'll continue to read it. The needless cycle of neglect, cruelty and abuse continues on with today's dumped puppies. And we were still reeling from the abandoned collie pups from last weekend. And uh, Brookie, our emaciated, severely neglected lurcher puppy as well. This is Ireland in 2023. And the cases of neglected, abandoned puppies are... Um, bring in sorry, or something in, bring in uh, one after the other and we feel like we're continuing to fight an everlasting battle as they're left for dead in crates, bags, baskets and boxes across, across the country and the county. We're absolutely devastated that this girl suffered so much horrific pain in her short life and never got to experience a full belly, a warm bed and a life with toys and a loving family to hold her close. Marina Fiddler uh, of um, Mother, good morning to you. Good morning, Keith. Uh, gosh, even I find that hard to hard to listen to again. When I read it over the weekend, um, I, it just beggars belief. And you know, you know another situation that we found ourselves in six nine months ago, which which came came right. Yeah. But you just wonder to yourself why somebody would do this to a dog. Tell me about this poor unfortunate dog. Uh, which one? Uh, the well, most recent one was yeah. um, uh, <sighs> sorry. No, take a break. Take a break, Marina. Take. A break. We're usually so optimistic, you know. We always try to look uh, to look uh, to the future. Anyway, there was uh, there was uh, four puppies left in a crate. Um, am I allowed to say where? Absolutely, yeah. In uh, down near Russellville. Um, and um, we were notified. Now this, uh, by the time we got there, somebody had brought them up to kennels. Um, they were emaciated. The photographs are there to see. One of them was particularly, uh, the very small one was very uncomfortable, very sickly looking. So the vet came immediately. And um, uh, she had uh, she had tried to eat, but she couldn't, whereas the others were galloping, gobbling down their food. And um, anyway, the thought and myself made the decision that PTS was kinder. She was obviously in a lot of pain. She was uh, anemic. There was no no colour. She was white as a ghost and curled up. She couldn't walk. She couldn't stand. Anyway, uh, uh, as as we subsequently realised, then the the the, the feces coming out of the other pups when they pooed were just pebbles, stones, little little sharp stones. And and when this little one Millie was put to sleep, we managed to examine her and it appears that she was blocked up with um, stones and pebbles. Stones. Yeah. And, and because that's all they would have had to eat, is eat the stones off wherever they were. 
can we can only assume that we we have to make a lot of assumptions, obviously. And um, they were emaciated; they were very, very hungry. Um, so there's no other. I mean, they weren't eating the stones to play with them. You know, these puppies weren't in a position to be playing with anything. Um, no, so sure. some some dogs can swallow stones by mistake, or some puppies will pick up pebbles out of curiosity. But I don't think that was the case with these. But I, I said there that what what's happening in Ireland in 2023 would break the strongest person into pieces where tears and anger <laughs> become part of the daily life. And I know you for a long time and you're as tough as I'm most. a tough old, I'm a tough t- old bird, Keith. Well, I've been in animal bird. welfare. I've been in animal welfare all of my adult life and part of my young youth. Uh, you know, and, and it's, I, I can't explain how I feel now when we're going backwards into this tunnel. We had made so much progress and saved so many dogs and people were so much more aware. The councils are working together and to see us sliding back into this abyss is just horrendous. Like, I, I, I have no words anymore. And, and, and my team, you know, it's really hard to, to, to see these puppies coming in and going out in bin bags. You know, there's a... Yeah. It's just shocking but what what can yeah. be done i mean let's let's start the conversation what can be done right now to try and educate people because they don't look at i i don't i think i'm going to say it now but it must be eight nine months ago i came home on a friday evening and i looked down the garden and i saw a box i don't want it to happen again by the way i looked down the, the garden and i saw a box and all of a sudden i saw these little rats running around and they were little pups yeah. But somebody somewhere, I don't know if there's six or nine, I think there was nine of them or ten of them in it. Now, your, your team were excellent because I rang you and said, Marina, what do I do with all these pups? But like, why would somebody throw something over my wall for me to well, give the biggest, to... The biggest worry for us is where's the mother? Like the ones that were dumped at the end of the road here uh, just before Christmas. Was it? I've lost track of how many second pups are coming into us. Like we had 23 litters last year. That's two a month. Um, and that's just the litter, so there's been single pups as well. But the ones that were dumped at the bottom of the road here in the box that somebody found, it was an hour before dusk in on the, one of the wettest nights. It didn't wasn't wet at the time, but it subsequently became one of the wettest nights in, over the Christmas period. Yeah. Like they were four weeks old, they weren't even weaned. They had never had solids or never eaten from a, from a dish. And where is their mother? Like to, to rip those puppies from the mother and she full of milk. But these other pups that we found on Saturday, like, they're so emaciated. There's some mother somewhere locked in a shed or locked in a crate that, that is still also starving. Like, that's, that's our, our, our biggest pain is that there's, 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 those mothers are still out there. There's another dog there who's missing her young and maybe yeah. and not getting fed either. Not in good conditions, yeah. But... I, I, the answer, we, we, the, the, the problem with most rescues now is that we are so busy trying to stem the tide that we haven't even got the brain energy or the emotional energy to try and make a difference. I think um, certainly Galway County Council are hugely proactive and very helpful to us and usually supportive, but I think um, higher powers need to see what's going on down here, you know, um, As in and, and try now to stop it. I mean, rescues will be closing. I, I can guarantee you that rescues will be closing and there will be nobody to pick up these dogs. Hmm. And 
When you say higher powers, Marina Fidler, what are you talking about? Who are you talking about? I'm talking about, I suppose, the Department of Agriculture, the people tasked with, um, you know, legislation that uh, needs to be enforced. Um, it's it, it, it's not enough just to let the rescues pick up all the pieces. There has to be something proactive from the department, like neutering campaigns. The licences should be tied in. There should be a reduced licence fee for somebody who has a neutered dog. You know, Common the, the, sense. The enforcement of the, the, it's kind of common sense. You know, the enforcement of the microchipping legislation, you know, getting the databases, there's four different databases, getting them all on the same page. You know, it, 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 it's all, it all needs to be done. I know, I know everybody's under understaffed and everything, but like, we can't keep going like this. I don't know what's going to happen when, when the rescues are full or when they're, when the, you know, us, we're Galway's very lucky. We've got Madra and the Galway SPCA and some of the smaller ones as well. And hopefully we will be able to continue. But um, I, I, I don't think people can deal with this level of pain. You know, my team are, would really suffer with this. I, and I said, I'm a mm. tough, I'll, you know, but, you know, even I'm struggling with this. And you have a lot of volunteers as well. I mean, there's a lovely lady. There's a huge... You know? Yeah, lovely lady Huge looks her art there that takes takes dogs in. Oh yes, yes, I mean, absolutely. She's, a, yeah. she's an angel with wings, so she is. Yeah, and this has yeah, to affect no. this has to affect her and all the other volunteers as well who volunteer for you. I, yeah, I, I yeah. wonder if could you is there a clear message um, to the perpetrators of this? They must have no heart for stuff, or else they don't give a damn about the animal uh, from there. There's, but, I mean, there's obviously some social issues there. I mean, certainly... That the, doesn't mean the dog should the, have to, or the animal should have to suffer. No, no, it doesn't. Um, there, I, I, I don't know what to say to these people except grow a set, like man up and accept your responsibilities and just ask us. Jesus Christ, we might give out to you, we might sigh and roll our eyes to heaven, but we will help one way or the other. You might go on a waiting list, but we will help. Like if you're in that kind of, that level of trouble, now, somebody did call here with four pups and they were told to fill in the form, which is correct. But it's very possible those were those four pups because they didn't because they didn't jump immediately, take those puppies in immediately, with no questions asked. So it's they, very possible they were the same pups. So they were the same pups were left, at the, left at the end of the road? It's very possible, yeah. And did they survive? I can't say, I can't say anything oh, no, you can't. No, but did they survive? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the situation is, I mean, maybe the Department of Agriculture could some, put some kind of an amnesty in place or put some kind of support mechanism in place, say, like we can go and collect scraps so we can for charities, but over a, a month maybe, just say vets, you know, if it's for neutering or otherwise, there'll be a subsidised fee for you or if you want to. Uh, but people are still breeding dogs. Like there's there's still dogs for sale on on on, on some of the websites, and and there's no enforcement of the the the, the pet sellers regist- registration register um, and uh, some of the the, the large scale breeders that uh, you saw the the, the situation in yeah. court like yeah. there's no enforcement of any of that. Well, there is some enforcement. That's incorrect. I'm sorry. I'm probably being a bit unfair because I'm emotional. But there needs to be a much more targeted approach and. I know the advertising, because I was involved with IPAG, I know the advertising of dogs 
is still not enforced. They're supposed to all have their microchip with them when they're advertised and they can be traced. And that's not enforced. I know it's not. Yeah. But I mean, these are... And then, of course, a lot of our dogs are farm dogs and the IFA need to step up as well. A lot of these are farm dogs. And now I understand farmers breed dogs for breed animals for a living and so neutering the animal isn't isn't doesn't come naturally to them. But they need to be educated about that. A dog will still work if it's neutered. So there's there's a whole heap of work. It's just too much for a rescue to take on, is what I'm saying. It's it's just yeah. too much for us as volunteers to take on, mostly volunteers. We have some paid staff. You know, we we, we can't even look at the bigger picture because we're so busy trying to pick up the pieces. Yeah. But anyway, we will stay positive. We 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 are we are trying to think of something that we can that we can do this year that would be more proactive. Um, but you see, I, there's always going to be the, the the person that's just going to dump and leave. And like as I yeah. said to you, why, why leave yeah. ten pups in a in a catering box uh, over the wall in my garden? Like what's I mean, what what am I supposed to do? I'm going to have to ring yeah. you then, and, and that's what I had to do because I wasn't there but for... the damage done to the pups. Like, yeah, these pups have yeah. suffered trauma at such an early age. They've been taken very quickly from a mother, from the only home they knew. I mean, the trauma to these pups is yeah. huge. Some of them don't make it. Some of them, if they're not found, the next day they're dead or very close to death. And that's a horrendous thing for somebody to have to find. There's no guarantee those pups will be found. Those ones right at the end of our road, it was an hour before sunset, and if that guy cycling hadn't, and it was somebody cycling, he was walking up the hill and he heard them. If he hadn't um, heard them, they were there overnight, in, on a, on a, on a, on the, and there wasn't even a box with them. The pups that were found out in Abbey Knockmoy, the only reason they were, they were left inside, though, they were found because some poor delivery driver ran over one of them, and he nearly got sick, and he had to go back to see it, and then he found another six in the in the ditch. Like that's. Yeah. It's horrendous for people to have to experience this, but the puppies, some of them don't make it because they make, they aren't found. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, anyway, I'm not being very, I'm not being very productive here. I'm sorry. No, I'm just no, throwing no. out bad no, situations no, no. at you. No, at Mother, we do, we really do want to try and do something more proactive this year. And um, as soon as we have some kind of plan in place, I will, I will Come contact you, and we will try and yeah. promote it. I would say to those out there, just make contact with Madra or make contact with the vet or otherwise. I mean, yeah. we'll get on to Roy O'Brien and the IFA and say, could they do an education piece for all of the IFA yeah. members? Because if you say they're farm dogs, they need to be neutered. They're, that needs to be put in place. But we also have to start, I mean, my concern would be that the person that will do that to a dog, what will they do to a human being? Well, they have very low standards. Very low standards. I mean, they're, yeah, they'd be lower than what's on the bottom of my shoe. So, (laughs) yeah, but I mean, they need need to cop on and have somebody else. It's just, it's like everything else. The the few pick up the mess for the majority. And in this situation, Madra are doing so. But I think it's, I think it's wrong. Like anyway. if accidents happen, if your dog gets pregnant, it's amazing the amount of people Keith, who come to me and say, I don't know how it happened. It's like, Jesus Christ, you've got six kids. I think you can figure it out. <laughs> you know, but <laughs> at the same time, it, accidents happen. And if your dog gets pregnant, call us then. Don't call us when they're 12 or 16 weeks old and then you need rid of them in a hurry. If you genuinely can't go, call us. I, I would have more respect for somebody who had pups put to sleep. Humanely, yeah, humanely, dump them in a box. Humanely and, is the and, word, yeah. and that's a sad state. But you know, if that is 
the case with overpopulation and you can't afford it and nobody can take them in, that is the manly, that, 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 that is the, the respectful thing to do. Treat mm. them with some kind of respect. Really? Anyway, I'm so sorry. I'm usually no. not this bad. It's been a, a very, a very tough few weeks. You mind yourself, and you can. And to be honest, if Marina Fiddle gives out to you, you know where you stand. <laughs> <laughs> and, she, and she's not a t- she's not a tough tough old person. She was one of the nicest people you'll meet in life. But you're just you're hurting today, and I can tell yeah. you're hurting it's, and hurting badly as well. But there you it's go. It's not good. Anyway, we will make it better. We will do our best. Thank you so you much will. for the airtime, Keith. Right. Marina Fiddler, thank you indeed, founder of uh, Madra in Galway. And uh, that event took place, I think it was during the summer, so it was, but uh, they had, a, you know, the catering, which was a white box with uh, that somebody had. And um, those plastic dishes came in it, like you get in the Chinese takeaway or otherwise. And what they did was they put the dogs into it. They avoided the cameras at home. So they avoid, they were, they had the place well sussed. They avoided the cameras and they threw the box uh, over the wall. And then when I got there, the box was over the wall and it wasn't long there. And they were walking around the garden. They were like little rats. God loved them. So I panicked and I rang my brother and he came down and he, he loves animals like that. So he collected them and put them in the box and minded them and he got down the ground and he tried to get food into them and all that type of stuff. And all the while I was on to dawn in Madra and uh, they had a lady arrived within an hour uh, from Oxford and took them all. Lovely, lovely lady. And took them, and she, for for the following number of weeks, she kept sending me photographs of uh, the pups, and they were absolutely gorgeous. But to the person who found my garden, and was cute enough to avoid CCTV cameras and everything else, um, really and truly, you're a disappointment to yourself. You're a disappointment to society. I don't care who you are, by the way. Uh, but you were cute enough to suss it so that you wouldn't be picked up by cameras, and you just threw them over the wall. And without George, my brother, there would have been a significant disaster because I wouldn't pick them up. I was kind of afraid of them, to be honest. Uh, but he did with his son, Pierce, and they, they saved them. And then the crew from Mazra saved them, and now they're with families out and about there. And I know Marina Fiddler for a long time, 20, 25 years, and I've never heard her as upset as she was today. Galway Talks, in association with Tesco. Click and Collect allows you to collect your order whenever suits you. By the way, I meant to do it on Friday. Keith O'Gorman from MG Ryan and Cohen Galway is 25 years there last Friday. And they had a big cake from and all that uh, to wish him a very happy 25th birthday. Uh, he would be embedded in the community of Clare Galway and Castlegar. And I think he's only 27 years old, but he must have started law at a very young age. So if you see him out and about, or you see him at Mellows, or you see him doing something he shouldn't be doing, uh, would you wish him a very happy 25th? 25 years, he's only a young man. I would say he's even 40 yet, God love him. Uh, but if you see him out and about, will you just wish him a very happy 25th anniversary and wish him well, and himself and his wife Lorraine. I'd say she could have taken him off on an exciting weekend. Maybe she brought him off out to the Iron Islands on the plane or otherwise. I don't know what they did. But there you go. Uh, if you see him, do say hello. So sad here, Keith, uh, to hear Keith. Uh, heartbreaking. Just let me do this and this first. Uh, there you go. And I do that then from there. Uh, so sad to hear this, Keith. Heartbreaking. Thank God for our rescues. Uh, and what they do. Our government is failing our animals. Someone has to be accountable to enforce the law. Jail time handed out instead of fines. So says Mary. Well, if you want to help Matra, as we did at the weekend, they have a lovely shop in my Cullen just opposite Super Value. And um, we brought up some bits and pieces on Saturday evening to them. 
And that's how I heard about this fiasco that we spoke about this morning. Uh, so you can pop the stuff into them. I think it's a Wednesday and a Saturday and you can take it from there. But that way you can help to fund them. Lovely other story came across our way from Gargian Hines and Caroline Yarhatha, uh, who joins me on the line because there's a new initiative um, launched by Ulskull Nikolaeva and Galiev Legega to promote spoken Irish in the uh, city. Gargian, good morning to you. How are you today? Keith. Thanks for joining us uh, today. This is a great new uh, collaboration, so it is. Yes, well, last week in the University of Galway, uh, we launched a new initiative in association with uh, the Ulskal Nagalive. So, Galive Gaiga, we launched the Olra, Shervishin Gaelge, which is part of the Irish language plan for Galway City. And the aim of the Olra is to, the Olra is uh, to facilitate the use of spoken Irish in the city. Throw those headphones off yes. they're all together. <laughs> <laughs> so the Older is a list of businesses and organisations in Galway City where the employees can provide a service in Irish to the people of Galway, to visitors from Galway, to people from the Gaeltoc who wish to come into the city and do their business Trivan mm-hmm. Gaelge. So it is available on our website, gleg.ie forward slash Olra. And we were delighted to have the Mayor of, this, uh, the Mayor of Galway, Councillor Clota Higgins, with us to officially launch the Olra. Uh, there is, we have, at the moment, we have 65 businesses and, and organisations who are listed on the Olra and 97 people from a variety, from such a range of, ser- of, of sectors from across the city who can provide this service in Irish. But what you're really doing is, in Gallivigay, you're, you're fighting hard to keep the Irish language alive. We are. Really we're do- but you're having success with that, Garrity. We are indeed. We are indeed. And Tasha Egfoss, Tasha Egfoss, we're finding that I got a taxi here today and my, my taxi driver gave me a complete service at Gaelge. I didn't know who he was, but we shake large Gaelgelum all the way in. And that's, and I'm going to add him now to the older next. So, Gurmila Um And we're finding that if people are, they're looking for opportunities to use it. They, they see the benefit of it. We've seen with the Gratham, it has grown over the past 21 years, that more and more people are, are interested in using it. They want to be associated with the language and they're very proud yeah. when they're able to do yeah. so. Uh, Caroline Lahertha joins me on the line as well from Olskolnikaljova and joins you on one today. Caroline, good morning to you. Good morning, Keith. Congratulations on this as well. And you're doing everything you can within and out, in and around uh, the university to make sure that people use the language. Uh, yeah. Well, yes, this, this initiative that Clara Dean spoke of, um, it was lovely to be able to collaborate, uh, firstly, I suppose, with Gaila Gaelge and show a joint initiative, which is so important to the city of Galway. So I suppose we're so unique, as you know, it's a bilingual city, but also it's very important to us in Osgoldnagalia that it's a bilingual campus. We're the only bilingual university. Um, and we are doing, you know, as much as we can, I suppose, to to promote um, the services that we do offer and also to, to continually add to the services that people will avail of them. So I suppose the initiative we launched last week um, in our case was um, for, I suppose, since we launched our second language scheme, Keith, we've been focused on the active offer and I suppose that's based on making as many services available bilingually as possible, ensuring that the, the standard of service is, is on par or as good as, if not better, than the, the service in English and then to promote those services so that if I walk into the library or into a shop or anywhere indeed, that I it's very... Um, I can easily identify, I suppose, 
the Irish speaker or or it'll be very um, obvious to me that there are services available in Irish and that's I, that definitely encourages um, people to use or to avail of the services which are available. Nobody wants to be putting anybody out or putting anybody on the spot. So if, if it's very obvious to you that there is a service available, you will use it. So what we launched last week, Keith, were uh, brooch pins with a, a specially designed G symbol which was used, it's been used in the university for the past 10 years or so to advertise, I suppose, or to promote our Irish language services. So now staff members will have the opportunity to wear these pins, they're like a small um, it's like a fauna ode, you, you might say, with the G symbol inside it um, just so that whether you're in the shop, in class, it doesn't matter where you are across the campus, that you'll, you'll, um, you can see the other I- Irish speakers and you'll know, like I said it'll be very obvious where the, the services are available at Quilga. Absolutely but I mean it's it's an initiative um, so it is, but um, Garajean, can I leave your mic open or your phone open there as well but I mean, I came across somebody who's um, a friend of ours who's who's um, now living in Tokyo, uh, but they're t- they're taking Irish classes in Tokyo. Isn't that fantastic? So what is it about the country that we take it for granted because it's our language? I know in America it's it's gone through the roof, the amount of people uh, with Irish heritage that, that is, they're trying to, to learn the Irish language. I know two people who spent the last year learning the Irish language because they want to use it when they come on holidays to Galway in June. Isn't that great? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Delighted to hear that. Well, I mean, people, we find that people are, people are returning to the language. There's a big interest in the language. And even last week's news about the Oscars, the first ever Irish language oh, film yeah. nominated for an Oscar. How, how, how fantastic Should is that, that to hear? I, and I think that's got to heighten people. Caroline, you're there as well. I think that's got to heighten people's awareness when it comes to the Irish language. And how yeah, unique certainly. it is to us. It is. And, it's, and especially to us here in Galway. It's one of our natural resources. Mm-hmm. And people see it. It's, it's, it's one of our tourist attractions that you can hear it mm-hmm. on the streets. You can see it. Mm-hmm. And now, with these new initiatives, it will help you to use it. Mm-hmm. So I would like to say, to Rinne who gave us a one-time grant to facilitate the production of the Olre, and to Galway City Council as well, and to Altskol Nagalva for their support as part of the Irish language plan for Galway City. It's a great initiative, Caroline. You must be delighted with it. We're thrilled. We're thrilled. Look, we, we launched our first ever strategy for the Irish language here in Ulskanagalive just over a year and a half ago now, Keith. So um, we, we hit the ground running, I suppose, with the Irish language residential scheme for the 16 uh, Irish-speaking students. So they are on campus. They've nearly completed their first year now in Tafnagalig, and it's been great. So we are. We're, we're always trying to, I suppose, promote and add to and encourage people to use the language. And, and we're so unique in what you were saying there about the interest in the language, I suppose, broad. But I think for us, it's nearly that we're, we're, we take it for granted because because it's 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 Edlick and Dulish, it's always there. You know, we we don't see it maybe, but we are unique. Like I spent twelve years working in one of the the university's Irish language centres in Inkyarua, and constantly you'd have people coming from all over the world to learn Irish, and as well yeah. as, as as every corner of Ireland also. So so it's great. I think the more we can do to work, and I think collaboration is so important. Also, Keith, it was great. Like I said, to work with Galilea Gale because I think, you know, the more um, we promote things together, and the more we work together, we're all striving for the same thing. At the end of the day. So, um, so it's fantastic, and yeah, we'll, uh, the Irish will be better, better for it. But it does, Caroline and uh, Neil, Arthur, from uh, University of Galway point of view, it must help indeed that you've got the likes of President Kieran O'Hogan and his dad uh, before him, his late dad before him, who really promoted the Irish language and was one of the founding members of Galway. Oh, so that helps to have uh, the president so invested in it. 
It certainly does. So, so the president, and as you know, the Gradham that Gael like, will run is in honour of the the president's father, late yeah. father. Um, but as well as that, I think just, so. Just over the past couple of years, the, the responsibility for the Irish language within the university sits with the deputy president and registrar, and that in itself is very important because it's it's at that that very high level. He, he's also a very very competent Irish speaker and has a great grow for the for the Gaelic. So we are we're we're, we're blessed in Old Scotland that we have the president and the, the deputy president and registrar are so committed um, to the Irish language and it makes my role a, a lot easier. So it's it's fantastic. Good on you, Caroline. Thanks for joining us. Uh, last can I give the last word? Can I give the last word to Garaghy now? Do you want to have the last word? Do you, or do you want to fight about this, Caroline, altogether? <laughs> oh, we don't fight here you in the university. Not at all. Not at all. You don't. Caroline, thank you for joining us. Uh, but Garaghy, last word to you on this one. If they want to get further details, you have a very interactive website and you're there to help. We, we do indeed. If they'd like to if they would like to have a look at the OLRA, it's available on our website, gleg.ie forward slash OLRA, E-O-L-A-I-R-E. And also, if anyone out there is listening and would like to get listed on the OLRA, we would love to have you. Please give us a call, 091-568-876, or you can visit our website, gleg.ie forward slash Clary, C-L-A-R-A-I-G-H dash Lynn, L-I-N-N, and you'll fill in a very short form. Give us your details. We will give you a quick call and then we'll we'll add you to the list of businesses and organisations in the city who are providing the service in Gaelic. But we're all in Cleshdal Web. All right, so 0915688876 is the yes, number to if they give you a call there. And again, you can get further details or gleg.ie for further details. GLEG, Gallyavlegelge. So gleg.ie or 0915688876. Garage, lovely to see you looking so healthy and well. Thank you for joining us today. It's 10.38 and we're back shortly and we're looking at new initiatives uh, when it comes to business and starting business. Stay tuned for that and more to come. Galway Talks, in association with Tesco. Find our award-winning Irish ranges in store and online at tesco.ie. Now, very good morning to you. Welcome in to today's uh, programme. Martina Fitzgerald joins me. She's CEO of Scale Ireland. And you heard on local news uh, this morning, Regional Startup Summit is planned for Galway next month. And again, it's for uh, startup tech companies to be held uh, next month here in uh, Galway. Martina joins me. Uh, on the line. Martina, great to talk to you again. How are you today? I'm great and, and it's lovely to talk to you again um, and we're coming to Galway. Good <laughs> on you. Now you're, you're, you're bringing the whole summit, like we, we, this is, this is, this is um, good for people, but who are you targeting for this summit, can I ask you? Well, first of all, it's, um, it's a regional startup summit. So it's for those, uh, for our members, uh, for startup, tech startup and scaling companies or those who are interested in uh, tech startups and scaling companies. And I suppose the reason we're coming to go is because it has such a strong uh, sector there in terms of med tech, but also in terms of Portershed. It's a thriving community of, of tech uh, startups and scaling companies. And we have the universities that are also very involved in this sector. And we wouldn't be coming here, I have to say, from the get-go if it wasn't for Mary Rogers and also uh, for uh, John Breslin because they are unbelievable. Um, in terms of supporting this sector and at a local level and a national level. So if you're interested in tech startups and scale-ups, you do have to be a member of Scale Ireland um, and you do have to register uh, and you can see the details on all our social media and online. Um, But this is a really exciting opportunity to learn more about a thriving and dynamic sector. Can you tell me, Martina, what is Scale Ireland? 
That's a good question, and I'm asked about that. Scale Ireland a lot is a very relatively new organisation. It was set up in late 2019 by a number of key uh, people within the sector because there wasn't an organisation uh, for tech startups and scaling companies in Ireland. We have the farmers and the IFA for farmers. You have the nurses organisation. You have the women's council. But what was there for uh, tech startups and scaling uh, companies? And there really wasn't a representative organisation. So Liz McCarthy, my predecessor, who knows very well about startups, her company uh, or her family started Vexco, Brian Caulfield, who has spent decades starting, mentoring, investing in companies. Uh, he also came together and also with Patrick Walsh and they set up a Scale Ireland and it represents, it promotes, it supports and it advocates in power on behalf of, of the sector. So what does that mean? We host high level events and uh, we have a community on our Slack a channel that's about thousand you know people working in the sector or interested in the sector. We hold webinars. We do a lot, a lot of policy um, and uh, research on key issues affecting the sector, and we're also plugged into all our counterparts in Europe. And for people who are not acquainted with the sector, and I was one of them before I I joined as CEO. Um, Tech startups and scale-ups can be everything from a med tech and people will be uh, acquainted with those companies because there's so many successful ones based in Galway. But you could have an agri-tech company that's finding a tech solution to solve an agricultural problem like Herdwatch that's got two yeah. million cows on its on its, Cameras, on its app. Yeah. You could, yeah. yeah, you have, you know, ed tech, innovative solution to help people in the ed- educational space. Um, uh, clean tech, obviously, and there's a, sustainability is a, a key issue at the moment. And there's a lot of companies that have come up with solutions to help in that space. And we have a few of them that will be on our panel. And I can list all the companies in a while, but like we have City Swift, for instance, that is based in Galway. And uh, that uh, collects data on public transport, to name but a few of its yeah. things, and has a major pilot with um, the MTA in America. So they're all global in, in an outlook as well, and they're looking at global um, markets. You could have also enterprise solutions, people finding solutions for companies and operating like that. Uh, like the teamwork down in Cork is one of those. There's so many. That's probably one of the biggest sectors. Fintechs, which people uh, would be very acquainted with. And it goes on and on. Any sector that has a tech solution. And you have young entrepreneurs as well, many people in our colleges, and we have student groups. Um, and they're starting on their journey, and many of the entrepreneurs started in universities and yeah, college. And yeah. that's why our third panel is on that. And I should say, three panels, one about the general sec- sector, and it is really a bumper, you know, uh, an impressive lineup. We have the Taoiseach. We're so delighted the Taoiseach can launch it, Leo Varadkar, and he's coming to Galway. So that we're so delighted with that because it really endorses um, the sector and promotes it. But we've Anne Sheehan, the general manager of Microsoft, because they're selling to startups. And they want also startups using their systems, as does every big tech company, yeah, because a- if they take off like Stripe, they're huge. Um, you have Jimmy Martin, who is AMCS based down in Limerick. He's the CEO and founder with Mary Rogers, Nick Ashmore from the Ireland Strategic Investment Fund. That's the, the state's investment arm because yes. they play a major role in investing in these companies. We have a Galway, obviously, you know, Erigen, Dr. Brendan Hogan. 
He's a senior vice president there, and we have Provera, Rian and Grealish. That's just panel one. Like it, it is actually, and there'll be twenty speakers on the second panel. We've Dara Cleary, Minister of State, and um, he'll be talking about diverse, impactful, and sustainable startups. Uh, and Brian O'Rourke from City Swift, John Randalls from Siren, based down in Portishead, uh, that does really great work in tech solutions in relation to security. Uh, we have James. James Ives from Ocean, that's a sustainable one. Kate Scott, Hollow Toys, that basically brings to life cartoon figures in books and on digital um, and in all sorts of ways for children. Jessica Kennedy, uh, and that's Gabadoo that links clinical therapists to parents. Wow. And Chris Burge on crowdfunding, because sometimes, you know, startups can't get the direct funding from VCs or from institutional, so they crowdfund. And our final panel I'm really excited about is supporting student entrepreneurship at third level. And John Bredlin, um, who is Professor of Electronic, Electronic Engineering at University of Galway, so involved in the Galway Innovation District and so involved in Portishead and everything else, he will be chairing that. And we have the president of University of Galway and Atlantic Technological uh, University, so we're really proud of that. We have Science Foundation Ireland, Siobhan Roach, we have Helen McBreen, Partner Atlantic Bridge. They have a multi-million euro fund for, for universities and, and spin-offs from universities. And we have Timpany Medical, uh, Elizabeth McLaughlin. So it is a stellar lineup. And it is high level. And we're really delighted. Last year we went to Cork. It was online. We had several hundred people on. But now we're coming to Galway and it's hybrid. Attendant, uh, you can attend in person or it's, you can watch online. And we're delighted um, to, be, to be arriving to such a... It is a community that is already well established. And that's really important and thriving. And we want to put the spotlight on what's already happening in Galway. And also what can, is happening around the country. And that's the aim of this this uh, summit. So, um, yeah. Well, if, if they want to get further details, I mean, they can go to uh, Scale Ireland and uh, get further details from there. But I mean, when you look at it, I remember the day that John Power started Aerogen and now they're all over the world and I've met many of his team right across the States over the last long number of years. And then you mentioned Mary Rogers there. I mean, she's a, she's a, she really has the energy. I don't know where she gets it from. Uh, but, and John Breslin, and I remember the first day I met John uh, Breslin and the idea that he had uh, with um, Morris O'Gorman, I believe he was with at the time. Uh, and they yeah, came up right. they came up with this idea. And I was scratching my head saying, will this work? Will it work? It's one of the huge success stories of Galway, so it is. And that, I think that's where, that's, uh, that's where working and collaboration and getting together and sharing information, Martina, I think that's vitally important because it can be a lonely old spot when you're starting like that. It can. And I mean, they have been dedicated to the sector, to startups, to entrepreneurs for, for years and quietly working away, and we're on to Portishead, the, the, uh, the tech hub based in Galway, Portishead a doe, as we call because we had to move premises such as the success of the original um, Portishead. But they have worked with startups and founders uh, and entrepreneurs from the get-go in Galway and helping them to create companies in their own community. And that's a difficult and long journey, but it's also a very rewarding one. And we were so adamant that um, after Cork that we would definitely go to Galway because of the support they also give at a national level to startups and to scaling companies. And we're very lucky to have them. And I think if everyone could clone Mary and John, <laughs> we'd, we'd have so many great uh, companies all around uh, the country, which we do, but even further to, to, I suppose, emulate the success that they have. 
Yeah, which is vitally important, uh, so it is. But listen, they'll be there on the day. Now, the venue, I have to say, we have to mention the the, the venue on this one. Uh, you're going to be going into the Galmont Hotel, isn't that correct? Martin? It is. For capacity, we're going to the Galmont Hotel, um, and it's uh, from 11 to one twenty, uh, 20 past one. We're being very specific because there's a match later that day, and everybody be aware of that. So from 1 o'clock, our first panel will be on, and our second panel it starts at 10 to 12, and the third panel uh, 45 minutes later. So it's a tight, um, focused uh, agenda. No messing around. We've got a lot to discuss with key figures and we're delighted to have them in the room. And we're going to maximise the focus on each panel to make sure that everybody gets to learn about what these companies are doing, what their potential is, what they're going to do next and what can be done to help them. And they're three very different panels, but they've all got one thing in common. They're all trying to grow companies here in Ireland from places and they're also trying to export and that they're global, globally successful. So it's part of the SME sector, but it's a very different part and with different dynamics. Every one of the companies that we have or entrepreneurs on are thinking global from day one. And you know what? I did mention Stripe earlier because I suppose that's the ultimate success case. Isn't it? I mean, if they get that IPO done, um, there's some of the biggest names in finance in the world working with them now. Um, but even the staff and their families will benefit from it. So it's, I mean, from humble beginnings, and they did a very, the brothers worked very hard to do it. But it really is a great success story, Martina, when you look at it. It is, and they're one of our partners, and we have most of, to be honest, Google, Microsoft are supporting this, and I want to say for juice to Microsoft because they've supported our first regional startup is someone from the very get-go, and they see the importance of the sector working with, I suppose, big multinationals, and I suppose that's, a, you know, then leads to a stronger tech community, the indigenous and the bigger companies uh, that are not Irish-based. Uh, and and she and the general manager of Microsoft Ireland is coming down to go away and she'll give her a speech as well alongside the Taoiseach. So it is very high level. But I also want to give a shout out to all those others because they're very strategic, our partners on this. So we have Portershed, we have Microsoft, we have the Ireland Strategic Investment Fund and it invests on behalf of the state in um, key areas and scaling companies from our sector. So growing companies from our sector are one of those key areas and sustainable companies, food and agriculture another and housing. That's I think their four pillars of their investments grant. We also have Spark uh, crowdfunding um, which is also in, in um, investing directly into startups where they can't perhaps have difficulties raising with VCs or want to just crowdfund and um, that's also supporting us. Science Foundation Ireland, which is the engine for research in Ireland, the, the, the state body, that is supporting this initiative. And last but not least, who really was instrumental in putting together the panels and helping us and is a, you know, a founding partner of ours on the first regional summit is Atlantic Bridge. If I remember correctly, it has a 80 million fund for the universities wow. and it goes out and it helps to fund and support spin-offs from the universities where people are building companies. And that's a great idea and fair dues to uh, Helen McBreen, who uh, originally is from Galway, if I'm not mistaken, and she has helped us put the panels together with Mary and John. And that's why we have such a strong, I suppose, lineup because we worked with local and it's the working of the national, local and vice versa, we help them. All right, listen, give up the good work and we'll see you when you're in Galway. Again, the date on that one, Martina, is? It's, the t- it's Saturday, the 25th 
of February and it's from 11 o'clock to one twenty. and uh, I say that because it's a rugby match I believe at 2 o'clock it's an away game so it won't you know you know, won't be travelling anywhere but we're very mindful of that but listen we have a great lineup, and we're really confident that Galway will support this and we've already got a great uh, reaction to it and again we're really proud that the Taoiseach is coming down to launch it and also that Dara Cleary who is Minister of State in the Department of Enterprise has also endorsing it and he'll be taking part all right, Martina, thank you for joining us. Martina Fitzgerald, CEO of Scale Ireland uh, there. And uh, some of the other comments coming into us uh, today. Keith, uh, why is it that the last train out of Galway is 10 past 7 on a Saturday evening? Uh, Keith, I found a Dunn Stores voucher out by Ballybanne Industrial Estate. I've handed it back into Dunn's in Briar Hill if somebody lost it from there. Uh, whatever happened to the um, money we got for the European Capital of Culture in 2020? And uh, the other day I was in Gort and I noticed uh, they've done up the square and it was lovely. But could someone please get a power hose and clean uh, the Christ the King statue? We'll have Constable Jerry Finnerty down there straight away. So we will. Another caller into us uh, today as well on the left hand side, Keith. Uh, will you please ask Eamon what section of the Western Rail Corridor has contributed to that increase? It's the Athenry or more to Galway section that is providing uh, the increase. Uh, it's as a result of the huge increase in people travelling from Athen Ryan or more, and which would have happened if we never had uh, the Limerick link. That's why we're going to double track the Athen Ryan to Galway, uh, because there's huge demand. Wait for this, and the number of passengers using Ordmore Galway commuter route as part of the main line from Dublin to Galway in 2013 was 5,522. 14, uh, it was 11,624. 15, 13,852, 16, uh, 19,887, 17, 34,138, and 18, 54,438. A lot of people using the train, aren't they? Really and truly. Now, if you want to get in contact with us, you can do so. 086-3833-553. We thank you to the team in Rational Windows. Again, 086-3833. 553 if you want to get in contact with us we'd like to hear from you and uh, let's head towards the uh, Galway BFM news desk uh, today if you want to get in contact with us you can use that number again with thanks to Rationale Windows 086 38 33 553 or else you can simply call us on 091 77077 and um, we can take your comments uh, from there as well. Yet to come at the programme in the next hour, we'll be looking at sport over the weekend and uh, that match indeed, which took place on Saturday evening. Uh, we'll be looking at uh, Rory McElroy's big win in golf, uh, which we'll be looking at as well in the next hour, so stay tuned for that. And also we'll be uh, speaking with Dave McCarthy when it comes to finance. And then the bold and wonderful, talented Carl Spain comedian joins us in the last section of today's programme. Stay tuned for all of that and more to come. Galway Talks, in association with Tesco. Click and Collect allows you to collect your order whenever suits you. 